0: You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, here to equip you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, how are you, Olivia? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. So a lot of my guests are usually, you know, um, creatives, other designers, coaches, um, but I'm super excited to have you on and talk more of like the legal side of business. This will be super helpful and just valuable for um, all of our listeners. So I'm excited to have you today. I'm excited
1: to be on, and I'm excited to just give everyone a basic understanding of what you guys need to protect your business.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so before we get into all of that, um, can you just tell us a little bit about you, your business, and kind of your story on how you got here? Yes.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. So I started in corporate America working uh, for Comcast Spectacor, and I was counsel there and I became chief compliance officer and then worked for the heat um, as well in you know the legal department and rec- and then I started my own consulting company and what I realized that no matter the size of the company if you don't have a strong foundation from the beginning to grow and to just scale your business, it gets really hard. And you also risk going out of business when you don't have these simple things in place. So I've created this consulting business to help female small entrepreneurs make sure that they have the protections that they need so they can grow their business, do what they love to do by creating and, you know, whatever they're doing, but also just grow with peace of mind knowing that they are protected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that, so, um what's like the most common mistake you see from businesses having as far as like the legal side? so
1: I think you know it, it's hard to say a common mistake, but I think a lot of people because you know essentially the standard legal the way you know standard legal uh firms work law firms work you know it's very expensive and so i think a lot of people you know do it themselves the problem with that is a lot of people get you know contracts online um you know through google and they're not usually the best contracts to be getting um so people who are one just you know putting together something from google like a contract Two, I think some people just don't even use contracts. That like really just breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because I've seen uh, come from that, and you know, I think, and then I think also, um, I've seen more recently a lot of people who have had business names. And they haven't done a trademark search behind them. So they've spent money and time creating this brand and only to find out that someone else is using them and now they have to stop using their own name. So those were, those are probably like the big two that I see.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about number one first. So I definitely, you know, my first year in business. Well, and it's interesting too, because I always thought that to get a contract, you had to, you know, pay thousands of dollars from a lawyer and then you'll get a, you know, get a contract, a legitimate contract. And my, I didn't have a few thousand dollars when I was first starting out. Um, so for a year and a half, I probably had like a put together contract that I copy and pasted from Google. So can we talk about why you should do that and why you should invest um, in having a legitimate contract? Because the reason why I ended up um, investing in getting a new contract was because I had a bad client issue. And I realized that, um, you know, I had to have a good contract to rely on.
1: So, yeah. So... I've seen this happen a lot and it's really, to your point, it's no fault of anybody. So it is, you know, to do the standard and traditional route, it is really expensive to get a contract made. But now, you know, me, other people, they provide, you know, a way, like I provide templates for clients that really is just like a plug and play of a legit contract. And the reason why you don't want to start, you know, grabbing things from Google is because you know, unless you've gone to law school, you essentially don't know what's going to help you and what's going to hurt you. So something you can read that doesn't seem like it's a big deal could essentially be a really big deal. Maybe it limits your liability or maybe it's a terminate a way to get out of a uh, a contract if things aren't going right. So making sure all those components are in there are super important and when people I've seen doing it themselves, they just miss it. And it's no fault of their own, they're just not trained to, to you know realize what's important and what's not.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's why I was really excited to have you on today it was because you're providing templates and making it easy for small businesses to be protected. And I think that's, you know, so important because a lot of people, you know, they 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 think, oh, I'm just a solopreneur. I'm just a freelancer. Um, you know, my projects aren't that big. But what happened to me was I am so trusting. So I'm just like, oh, this person is nice. They'll be fine. Um, they're not going to, you know, screw me over. And then, you know, that it does end up happening. You just never know.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, yeah, I, I created these templates and all my services are, you know, oh, I try to push it away from the standardized and traditional law firm because I want it to be accessible to people that are just starting out because I do think it's really important. And to your point, you know, you had one bad client. I mean, it really, it takes one bad client to put somebody out of business, unfortunately. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, going in, you're excited and, you know, and you, you do, you want to see the best in people. Unfortunately, without proper contracts, there is nothing that states, you know, what each other's responsibilities are. And that gets to be a really big issue because, you know, you could have it in your mind what you think and the other person can have something totally different in their mind what they think that they're getting from this contract. And so unless it's in writing, it, you know, you, you really are playing with fire. And I will say also, you know, bringing up COVID, um, that has become such a, a big, you know, catalyst in a lot of, you know, client relationships, you know, going downhill, unfortunately, because that wasn't laid out, there was nothing that laid out how to terminate or what happens if there is a situation like COVID. And without that written out, you know, people just don't know what to do. And that's what causes conflict.
0: Yes, 100%. And, um, and it's, it, it gives you kind of peace of mind that you have something to fall back on, like that's in written, you know, it's, you sign a contract saying that you were going to owe, you know, you know, whatever payment plan you're on by this date, or, you know, it just has something that's written, that written down for you guys both to use as guidelines.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no, um, you're not just questioning and you're not just like making assumptions like, okay, this is what I'd need to do. This is what that person needs to do. And that's it. It's very black and white. And that's what you want. When you're dealing with a client, you want black and white, you don't want a lot of gray.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then number two. So we said a number one was, you know, having a contract and then what was number two?
1: So number two would be making sure that you are doing trademark searches. Oh, before trademark.
0: Starting, yeah.
1: Before you're starting your business.
0: So can you just touch on that? Cause that was one of the questions that I had, um, that someone had asked me, um, like, yes, does everything. So this was the question that someone asked does everything need to be (laughs) trademarked because I wasn't sure about the whole trademarking. So you, um, for those of you guys listening, um, Lindsay and I have worked together because I am starting like a little side hustle from my, like in my entrepreneurship journey. Um, and, um, it's, and I worked with her to get that trademarked. Um, so what needs to be trademarked and you know, how do we go about doing that?
1: So, Okay your business name, your brand is something that should be trademarked, any type of, if you have like a program that you're calling, if you're a coach and you, let's say you're, you have a program that you're calling it something different and you think that's a good name, you know, anything that's, um, and then unique, like identifying name or logo, those are the things that you have to get trademarked. So now there's like a couple components to it. A lot of people think one, that if you start a business and you create an LLC or you create a corporation, you're automatically protected trademark wise. And that is not the case. So trademarks, they basically, if you, when you register for the United States Patent and Trademark Office and you register for a trademark, That gives you the ability to use that name um, throughout the United States. Okay. Now, previously, what had happened was you were given, let's say, a common law trademark. So if you started a a company and this was done, you know, when there was a lot of brick and mortar and there wasn't so much, you know, e-commerce and digital companies, you know, it's totally changed the landscape of how we do business. So before, you know, when it was a brick and mortar company, let's say, you know, there's a Joe's Pizza in San Diego. Nobody else by Joe's Pizza could really could come into that area and create a business. But someone, you know, who let's say, I mean, who knows, a Joe's Pizza who wanted to sell hardware could could sell that because they're not in the same service or a Joe's pizza could start in San Francisco. So that was how common law worked. But now with like the internet, you really are expanding your business everywhere. So unless you have a trademark registered with the, you know, the United States trademark office, you run the risk of, you know, one, someone else taking your name or worse someone telling you that you can't use your own name, which gets me into like the other point is that before you even start, You know, branding, I always think it's a good idea. And even if you're, you know, into your business already, I still think it's a great idea to make sure that you are doing a trademark search. So before, you know, you even register, making sure what else is out there, is it being used, what services um, if it is being used, what services is that company providing? Because that will help you to not just, you know, realize, okay, I can or cannot use the name, but let's say you can use that name and, you know, no one's using it in a sp- the specific service that you want. But let's say down the road, you're like, you know what, I do want to expand, but someone's already using it in that expansion realm, then that might not be the best name for you. So, these are all things that you, you know, you go through with a trademark search that is really beneficial and it really helps to see how you could grow your business and if this name is really is viable cuz I've known so many people in the last month that we've unfortunately done trademark searches and they've had to change their names because people have already have already registered them or using them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know two people that we both know, Chanel and um and you know, we know we both mutually know two people that have had you know major issues with their um, trademark or their business name, and it's just so annoying because it's like you know you build this business, and both of these two people, you know, they have businesses for a few years. Their marketing, you know, their emails are on that. It's all this stuff, and then um, they are contacted and say, said that they can't use that name, and it's usually like within like a legal. It, you know, you have an allotted amount of time to change your name, but like to do that after you've been in business for years is a huge pain in the butt. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And And I'm always preaching like starting from, you know, starting with a solid foundation so you don't have to backtrack. Um, Exactly. I mean, and you did it
1: when we worked together, you did it right because you were like, all right, I'm not... Doing, I'm putting, not putting any money into this until I know I for sure can use it. So, you know, that really is the way to go. And it's not to say that, you know, listen, some people have already started, unfortunately, and they, you know, but it's still better to know and get that trademark search. So they know, you know, what's coming, or maybe they need to like pivot in some way, but to go just blindly out there without a strong foundation and without knowing if someone else is using your name, that's where it gets really dangerous.
0: Yeah, for sure. And to put into perspective, so like I don't have a um, trademark on current design studio, which I probably should, um, which like I I definitely will probably, you know, in the next year when I move up to S Corp. Um, But so for... Those of you guys that are listening, you're like, what the heck kind of business is she starting? So um, I've talked about it a little bit. Um, Alex and I are starting a, I haven't really talked about it because I wanted to get the trademark done, but we are doing um, affirmation cards and rituals for um, motivated entrepreneurs. So the name of the deck is called Motive Deck. And basically in order to start the business, we have to buy the deck. Um, the decks up front within quantities of 500 so i did not want to buy 500 affirmation decks under a non-trademark name and then someone come after me like um you can't use this and have invested money and had all these affirmation decks that i wouldn't be able to sell so i think it's important too to know like the type of business and like you said too like the expansion and where you're where you want to grow to
1: exactly
0: okay so one question that i got um from, um, for those of you who are wondering where I got these questions from, I do a free monthly mastermind called creative curator. And if you want to join, send me a DM it's free. Um, we just brainstorm and chat. And today I asked them, um, what questions they had for you, Lindsay. So one of the questions was, do contracts have to be done by a lawyer? Because they were wondering about the copy and pasting and all of that stuff. So why don't you touch on, um, like worst case scenario of copy and pasting a Google contract and then how to go about creating an actual legitimate contract for your business.
1: So worst case scenario, I mean, we kind of touched upon this, but yeah, listen, you should have have an attorney draft your contracts. And again, it doesn't have to be that you're spending thousands of dollars. You know, I provide templates. So there, there's ways to make it affordable, but I definitely think you definitely should have an attorney that is drafting your contract. And for example, there, you know, you're, you're plugging and, you know, pieces that you found on Google, but there could be something, for example, like that. I always put in my contracts A clause that would limit your liability if anything were to go wrong let's say and you're providing a service for whatever reason you can't provide it it doesn't turn out right the only amount that that person could come after you for would be the amount of the contract itself now a lot of people I would assume wouldn't even that that type of clause wouldn't even come up in their radar to look for in google so you know they're not going to put that in there and that's a pretty important cause because it, it, again it limits your liability and that's you know the goal of these contracts it's not just to say all right i'm doing this and i'm doing that but it's also in case like what happens when things go wrong and unfortunately you know lawyers are a little bit of a Debbie Downer because <laughs> we've seen all these things go wrong before. And so, you know, we have to be on the lookout for how to protect, you know, people when things do go wrong. And you know, also giving, you know, make sure the termination clauses are, you know, are in your benefit and making sure you know how one how one can terminate and what needs to be done and you know what monies are owed if you terminate. All these things go into a um into a contract that you're not you're not gonna totally get if you're just plugging and playing you know from the internet
0: yeah and the whole point is to protect yourself right so you're protecting your business Um. exactly So what would you say for those of, um, for everyone who's listening, they're like, okay, I don't even have a contract or my contract is copy and pasted. What are the, um, you know, next steps that they should take, um, to protect their business? So
1: you definitely need to get a contract, whatever service you're providing. Like, let's start, start with that. So if you are a graphic designer, if you are a coach, you are a photographer, Make sure you're getting your specific service contracts. And that could mean, you know, you're getting a photographer agreement, you're getting a graphic designer agreement, or you're just getting a standard consulting agreement. But everybody who provides services to somebody should have their own agreement. Um, there's also a couple other agreements that I always think is a good idea for people to have. So for example, if you are hiring an independent contractor, making sure that you have an independent contractor agreement to give them, um, that protects you from you know, making sure if they're seeing any confidential information, they know that they can't share it. It also protects you that they can't solicit any of your clients um, and take them away from you and it also just you know sets forth the term of like the type of work that that person is doing for you it's also important especially if you know you're hiring someone of the creative realm that you're getting these contracts signed beforehand so for example um, somebody you commissioned someone to create a website for you And if you don't, if they don't have an agreement, let's say, and you don't give them an independent contractor agreement, and then they create all this work for you, even though it's done for you, because you did not give them this independent contractor before, there's nothing, basically the work that they've provided is still their own work. So it hasn't transferred to you. You would have to go through the whole another process of making sure that the work uh, product that they've produced was transferred to you. So, if you have this independent contractor uh, agreement off the bat, it immediately states that any work produced um, is owned by the person hiring you. But unfortunately, it's not. It doesn't work in like it doesn't work retroactively. So that's one. And then also making sure that anybody coming into your business, whether that's an employee, an intern, um, a third-party consultant, a vendor, anything like that making sure that they're signing a a non-disclosure agreement or a confidentiality agreement to make sure that anything that they're seeing is protected.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I love that. And it's, it's, that's something that, um, like I definitely make sure like my team, like it's known that the boundaries are set because again, you don't want to just like trust anyone. You don't want to just think like, um, that they know that you'll trust them and that they're a good person because they probably are. But you know, just having that agreement to come back to is like really important.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Awesome. So actually let's go into websites. So right now, obviously everyone's online. Um, they are, it's pretty saturated on there. So I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about, um, firstly, the, like your privacy policy and terms and conditions on your website. And then I want to talk about that specifically for health coaches. So a lot of our listeners, um, are in the wellness space and sometimes they have like have disclaimers, they have um, privacy policy. So let's just kind of shift over to like websites and what needs to be on there.
1: Okay. So I'll start with the first one, privacy policy. So if you're collecting any information, and what I mean by collecting information, whether people can do business through your website, you know, it's e-commerce, it accepts credit cards, or maybe it's just honestly just even collecting an email through your website to get those mailing lists, um, you need to have a privacy policy. It is a federal law. Like, there's no there's no getting around it. You need this. Okay. So what is basically a privacy policy is? It's a statement that says how what type of information you're collecting like this personal information of your clients whether that's name email address phone etc how you're using that information and basically if they want to see that information or if they want to you know have you delete that information how you go about doing it now different states like california is super strict um, with that and you need to make sure you're following those guidelines and what's interesting Is that let's say you live in Florida, even if you live in Florida and you're like, all right, well, it doesn't apply to me. That's not necessarily true. Because if somebody, a California resident were to come onto your website, you're still responsible for making sure that your website is California
0: compliant. Okay. So how do we go about doing that? I know that you have templates on your site, um, which I saw, which look amazing. So um, you know, purchasing a template, but how do we make sure that it's, you know, everything's covered? So,
1: yeah, you purchase the temp- template um, based, I mean, I can only go by my temp- my templates. I've outlined basically you know, it's very, very step by step. I've made it really, really easy for people. Like if you collect, you know, collect credit cards, keep this section. So you would just go through that sec, you know, the whole template to make sure, you know, what you have, what you don't have. And it just like, it's really, um, and you'll end up with something that fits your company and your website perfectly. And then from there, what you do is you make sure that, you know, most people just put it as a link on the, on the footer of their website. But it needs to be on the website. Yeah. Able to,
0: yeah. Okay. So question for me as a website designer, say I design a website and someone doesn't have a privacy policy. Could I get in trouble? No. That okay.
1: you should. I mean, listen, you should have probably in your agreement that you're not responsible for any policies that go onto the website. I, at the same time, I mean, you're not an attorney, so you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be responsible for it. It right. has, you know, totally different things. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just wanted to make sure that like I couldn't get in trouble for helping people <laughs> no. launch a website and not having a privacy policy.
1: And to be perfectly honest, I think there are some designers that are giving these policies to people and they that, I think that's going to lead to more trouble than saying I can't help you. Because right. Because they don't they're not attorneys. They shouldn't be giving anything <laughs> to anyone. Yeah, and they don't necessarily what they need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's that's so good to know. So what about so what's the difference between privacy policy and terms and conditions?
1: Okay, so there's the privacy policy, so that's how you know the information that you collect, what you do with it, how you protect it, all that stuff. Now, terms and conditions is basically your agreement between you and your visitor. So what I mean by that is that, you know, they come on your website, basically how they use your website, making sure that they're not going to take any of your wording, your copyright. They, they, you're basically stating, this is my stuff. You can't use it without my permission. Um, so that's like one thing. Also, when you start Collecting money and if you have e-commerce e-commerce on your website, that's the agreement between you guys So if you're selling things, you know, you are providing these are the terms that that Go along with providing your services or your products that you sell on the website So, you know, while a term terms and conditions aren't necessarily Required they are very important because it does lay out the groundwork, especially if you're selling things uh, through your website in addition, if you are providing information like blogs, or excuse me, blogs, or you know you provide coaching, or you know whatever the case may be, it's also really important in those disclaimers, uh, in those terms and conditions, to have disclaimers so people can't come back to you and say, hey, I followed your advice, and now basically I'm screwed. (laughs) So you have, like, you're, again, making sure in the terms that you're limiting your liability to make sure that it's, like, zero to nothing. So if someone were to come after you, like, nope, in the terms, I already stated, like, I'm not responsible for anything that you get from my website or, you know, if you found a testimonial and and that exact result, let's say, didn't happen to me me, I'm not responsible for that. So all those things go in to making a terms and conditions, making sure you're covered, you're limiting your risk, and also just, you know, making sure, okay, again, this is what you're getting by using my services.
0: Okay, so good to know, because I have, you know, we, we work with all co- types of coaches. And a lot of my coaches and clients, they have a disclaimer at the bottom, like we put it in the footer. So it's available on each page for people to see, like if they have a blog um, or if they do podcasts, the disclaimer is basically like, I'm not like a diagnose. I'm not a doctor. Like I can't diagnose you. Like these are just suggestions, like things that have done to my, like my past clients have done or I've done blah, blah, blah. So if you are like providing health advice or you're a health coach or nutritionist or something, should you be extra careful because it's someone's um, you know, body and health, or is it kind of the same for everyone? I mean,
1: listen, I think you should probably be extra cautious when you're dealing with health. Um, and there are more disclaimers, I would say when, when it comes to health and wellness coaching and, you know, anybody who provides that services, um, I even suggest if you are purchasing like coaching services. And I guess, you know, and this is across the board is that when they're purchasing those services that you're making, you're even linking that terms and conditions or those disclaimers to the actual purchase page as well. It's not just like on the footer as well, just to make extra sure. But yeah, um, there definitely are more disclaimers when you're talking about health and wellness and you should definitely be a little extra careful, but in general, You know, even let's say, for example, you are a business coach and you're providing, you know, ways for people to earn more money, creating an earnings disclaimer saying that I can't guarantee these results is just as important as, you know, a health and wellness disclaimer.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's such a good question because, um, or it's such a good topic because I have this question, So coaches who are saying, like, I'll help you, you know, build a six figure business, I'll help you quit your nine to five, Um, I'll help you transform your life, like, you should definitely probably have a a clause in your contract that says you can't guarantee your results.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So not only should that be in your contract, but it also goes back to the point. It should be, if you're providing these services, it should be in terms and conditions and it should be in a disclaimer, whether that disclaimer is in the terms and conditions um, or it's a separate, you could do both. Um, But yeah, it's not, it's just also one, there's no guarantee Two. it's their personal responsibility. Like they're doing these, you know, They're doing the actions that you're, you know, you're giving them advice on, but it's up to them to do it. You're not taking responsibility for their actions. They're, you know, whatever happens is their responsibility. Also, you might have a uh, testimonial disclaimer. So meaning like if I were to go on a coach's website and like, oh, I made $200,000 in six months from this guy. And then, you know, I join up and let's say I only make like 25,000. I can't come after that coach because, you know, cause there is a disclaimer saying results may vary. So all right. these little things go in again, meaning your liability.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's really just like overprotecting yourself, right? Like making sure that you're crossing all of your t's, dotting all of your i's, and just making sure that, you know,
1: exactly. And I don't think there, I mean, to your point, yeah, like overprotecting is so much better than underprotecting. So I, you know, tell my clients, it's always better to be cautious than to, you know, not think it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, all so helpful. So let's backtrack to like the very beginning on like sole um, or sole proprietor, deep mm-hmm. um, LLC, um, all of that stuff. Um, where do you recommend... How do people go about doing that?
1: (laughs) So, okay. So I always like, I'll give a little example. So basically what happens, so you start off, if you want a sole proprietor, and I will, well, I'll get into that. But basically what an LLC or a corporation does, it provides a shield around you. For, so, for example, if something were to go wrong in your business and you were to get sued, or just like who knows what would happen, they cannot come after your personal assets. Now, unfortunately, if you're a sole proprietor, you're not—you don't have that protection. So. You know, they can't just come after, you know, what you've made in the business, but they could also come after your personal assets. And that might mean a home and that might mean a car, whatever that is. So that's why having an LLC is super, super important or a corporation because it does provide that shield. Also, I mean, there is more to it with like how you keep your funds and making sure you're not commingling and keeping it separate. But that's the big benefit. Now, I always tell my clients it's a very creating LLC or a corporation. Um, one, you should always probably talk, you should talk to a CPA because there is tax uh, components that come involved when they, when you do something like this. But also, it's very specific uh, to one the type of business you do, but also the state that you are in. So, for example. Um, I used to live in Florida. To have an LLC there, it was a minimal fee of, I think it was like $123 every year. So it it would be, in my mind, yeah, like kind of dumb not to just, to not to have an LLC. I mean, even if you weren't providing like, you know, any type of service and it was the most, you know, safest service or product you could provide, still having that LLC, it would, it would be dumb not to just get that protection.
0: Right.
1: Now you go to a place in California, unfortunately, and there's a minimum tax requirement every year of $800. So now you get into, you know, you really start, one, what does your business do? That's always important. Is it high risk? Then you should probably get an LLC. But if you're, you know, if you're doing something that's fairly low risk, you're also potentially not making a ton of money, then you might want to wait to do an LLC. So it's very individual or a corporation you might. So it's very individualistic as to how you proceed with those things.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like I started out as a sole proprietor and then because i You know, I wanted to start it out right, but I wasn't sure, you know, if it was going to work, like all this stuff. And after about like a year, I switched to an LLC because, um, I had more assets and now I own a house and all that stuff. So it would affect more than just me, but, um, I think, yeah, starting out and then kind of going from there. Exactly. Um, okay. Awesome. All so helpful. So is there anything else about business formation that you think is important for people that are just starting out? Cause I'm sure there's some people listening that are like, what's a DBA? How do I, so
1: basically a DBA, um, if you're a sole proprietor or even if you're LLC, basically all a DBA is, is like, let's say, you know, my name is Lindsay Levine and I want to go by, I'm doing a sole proprietor. Um, I'm a sole proprietor, and I wanna like my name. My business name is Lindsey Shea Consulting. I go and I file a DBA, so it's it's referred to as doing business at. So it's just basically the name that you're you're using for business, and that could also happen if you had an LLC and you decided then to start, you know, doing business in a di- different name you would just create a DBA for that business.
0: Oh, interesting. I did not know that.
1: Yeah. But and so what's interesting too, un, like unfortunately though, just so you know, that doesn't, just because you have a DBA and you're sole proprietor, that doesn't protect your business more, protect your personal assets. It's strictly... Just for naming purposes.
0: Yeah, just for naming. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I started out in California. So I was like, we're not going to do an LLC because I didn't have any money. Um, because it is, it's is—it's so expensive in California, it's crazy. And now I'm in New Hampshire and its I don't know what it is, but it's not as much.
1: Yeah, it's, So that's why it really depends on the state and what you, you do business-wise to make that decision if it's necessary or not.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so I think I've asked all my questions. Is there anything you want to add just about, like, protecting your business, trademarks, anything like that?
1: Um, just, you know, I think, to your point, creating that strong foundation, I really – I can't emphasize it enough. To get in a position in the beginning that you feel good with how you are—one, contracting with your clients, um, making sure you know you're having the right website terms and policies, and then you know, yeah, also you know with your LLCs, just all these things and trademarks, just create a strong foundation so you can start really growing your business with peace of mind, and you don't have to worry that something's going to come and like bite you in the ass down the road, um, which unfortunately I've seen happen because people just try to take shortcuts out of this stuff. So I urge everyone to just make sure that they have these tools in place because it's going to save them, like, so much time, probably a lot of money in the long run if things were to go wrong.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, like, it's just, you know, starting – I remember when I, you know, filed my sole proprietorship and then I also um, – like opened up a business account and people are like, why are you doing that? Like, you don't know if it's going to work, blah, blah, blah. But if you take yourself seriously from the beginning, it's, and you have no plan B, then you might as well just set it up with a solid foundation because otherwise going back and having to redo is like, sounds like worst case scenario.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's not good. And also, you know, God forbid something were to go wrong. You were to get sued. It's, it's hard to come back from that. Even, you know, even um, not having a privacy policy, you can get fined like a serious amount. So making sure like all that stuff is set up, you know, I, I know, unfortunately, a lot of companies and smaller businesses, they are the you know the targets for being hacked with personal information and unfortunately without those privacy policies you have nothing to say that you did everything you could you're not you know you're not protecting yourself and unfortunately a lot of businesses have gone out of business that way so yeah getting all that together also to your point you know when you have contracts and you're you know you're giving them to your clients it just it makes your business look a little bit more legit, more professional. And yeah, I, I guarantee, you know, someone's going to be more at ease to do business with somebody that has that all together than not, not.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay. So do you want to just share, um, how we can find you, how we can work with you and then, um, yeah, just what you I mean, you said that, did you still want to do that 10% off? I can cut. Yes. So
1: um,
0: yeah, you guys can find me at
1: lindsayshayconsulting.com. Um, you'll have my templates and all my services, which are business formation, trademark, Um, I even can help you with, you know, your customized contracts. And then, uh, so during this time, we are going to provide all your listeners with uh, 10% off all products um, using the code current 10. So that'll include not just the templates, but we will, I'll do 10% off even the business formations and the trademarks. So we'll do that for the month of November and December for those months. Yeah. And then, um, moving forward, I will we'll give all your listeners continued access to 10% off of all templates.
0: Okay. Awesome. And I worked personally with Lindsay and she was amazing. She like was great. And then also just her, t- your, I mean, your templates look awesome. They're look super affordable and just really out there to help small businesses.
1: Yeah, I think I, I, I developed them with it, with, you know, Something in mind to say, okay, one, you can fill this out really easily yourself. You don't need help. It's, you're going to be really, you're going to be in good shape just reading through the template. I have instructions, like I've made it really just foolproof. I'm like, all right, this is question one and, and what you have to do. Also I've provided with each template, just like a please note, so like a, a, just a scenario to really outline what you're getting and what the contract says. So you get a little bit of an understanding as to what the contract provides to you and how it protects you and what your obligations are because I find a lot of the time attorneys will give you guys a contract and you have no idea what it says or what it means. So I kind of I just want to educate people a little because it'll help you doing business in the future.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's so important too. like when you just said that about DBA, I had no idea what the hell a DBA was. But I was like, I just should do it because that's what people say I should do. And I think that's like with most of the legal things with business, like a lot of us started our businesses because we liked, you know, our actual craft, no one was like, Oh, yay, I get to do accounting and legal stuff too when I start my business. Um, so it's just important to like, keep, leave it to the exer- experts, like, that's not something that you want to mess around with because, you know, say you pay someone $1,000, you're just, um, you know, it's peace of mind. And in the grand scheme of things, like $1,000 to protect your business is nothing.
1: Yeah, it's nothing. And, you know, yeah. And even, you know, if you have a client that wants to change something in the contract, whatever. I've outlined, you know, just the important clauses. So, you know, all right, this, I shouldn't be touching or or this, you know, I I have some wiggle room. So all those just little things that go into creating those good contracts and creating really in the end, you want to create good relationships with your clients and this provides that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This was so valuable. And I know everyone um, has probably gotten a lot of really good value out of this. So if you guys have any questions for Lindsay, or um, you can follow her or DM her on Instagram. Um, Otherwise, you can DM me and I will DM her um, and ask her. So thank you so much, Lindsay.
1: Thank you. And it was great chatting.
0: Yeah, for sure.